Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Source. Are you recording that? Yeah. Okay, all right. Hi guys, I feel like we are a little bit overtired. We are exhausted, so that's what Don, I feel like that's where the singings come from. So that that wasn't I'm, your best singing voice. It wasn't. Do you no, want me to try no again? it's fine. Maybe we could try that again off mic. Uh, yeah. Best. Stay on, don't switch off yet. We have another episode. What are we up to? Episode three. Guys, episode three, Ooh. I am pinging off caffeine. Uh, we've just done a shoot. So, so imagine this. Uh, Today is Sunday. Friday, we dropped Premium Seamless version 3. Thursday night was VIP. Thursday night was VIP, so we didn't sleep Thursday night. We dropped PSV3 open launch on Friday. We had to do our Black Friday campaign shoot on Saturday, and we had to do product shoot today. So, Till and I are exhausted. Um, But in the same breath, like we actually love the podcast because we get to just chill and hang out with each other and and i fucking love work i legit love it like i love i love seeing the results i love getting there and seeing everything happening and i'm just like so proud of like what we've created so like yes i'm so tired but i'm having so much like i'm genuinely having so much fun i love life let's elaborate on that though so what is your drive like what what keeps you going because we work an insane amount yeah um and it's not abnormal for people that are trying to build something and and achieve something with their lives like that is just the absolute requirement but you know to put you on the spot babe what's your drive what's your why why do you i guess i um success like when we have successful launches when i see our customers getting so excited about things and they're like blown away by our campaigns but also when i'm blown away by the stuff like i look at like the seamless video i'm like we did that. Like, that is fucking cool. That's my drive. Like, just being able to be like, wow, like, the potential that we have and the ability that we have to be able to create, like, such cool things, including the product all the way through to the campaign. Like, that's my drive. Like, when you – the end result, I'm like, wow, like, it's totally worth it. Like, And I also think – I don't know if this is the right thing to say because obviously there's, like, a balance and we want, like, everyone needs to look after themselves and their mental health and stuff too. But Don and I, I mean, yet we only decided that we're shooting today, yesterday afternoon. So – and we're exhausted. But the way that we look at it is, like, we've got to do it. Like, Don and I have to – that's how things work is because we – work hard we really do and it's like at the end of the day like Don and I can get through anything so if we have to work this will be like 14 days without a break or whatever it is if we have to work that long to get things done we do it but it is so fucking worth it like it's so rewarding I don't know if I answered your question I I think that's spot on I was just it, it really was just something that came to mind because people often look at us and they're like people ask me that all the time they ask this question all the time like like how do you guys keep doing blah blah and I'm like I think it's it's just the requirement. I think you know for for the things we're trying to achieve in our personal lives and in the business life, that is the requirement. You have to put in. But the you effort. know, even something like this, like we could have just before we started recording this episode, we were like, oh, should we just do it during the week or do it later? It's like, no, we want to have a podcast. We want to record a podcast. So you got to fucking record a podcast. You have to like, commit. You have to commit and get things done. And I get—I guess that's just the lesson. That's the thing we have to remind. Because I said to Till before the podcast, I was like, babe, I'm a bit fucked. Like, I really couldn't yeah. be bothered in the podcast. Um, and then I jumped on someone's Instagram and they had a post about a podcast. I was like, ugh, all right, cool. Like, that's it. I'm if determined. You, yeah. Let's get this. It's if exciting. Guys, and I'm happy to get, I'm happy to do it. Like, it's, it's actually fun. If you see something that you want to do, just do it. Yeah. Like, don't, literally, don't that's it. all you have to do is just execute. Stop talking and just... Get it done. But let's just dive into that concept quick. 
you know, about our reason and the why, I just wanted to add to that, like, we, like, the engagement and the satisfaction that we get when we drop an incredible launch and we and we put our creative juices into it and we know we we've pulled off absolute quality product with absolute precision design when we get the feedback from you guys and we see the posts and you know the love letters that you guys mm-hmm. post on social like that is the stuff that hits the spot we i really can say that we do it for the people that follow the brand you know, i don't know if it's, if you'd say we do it for the fans but it we really work this hard to create something for other people to appreciate because that gives us the absolute satisfaction. And I never want it to get to a space where we execute something and we think, oh, we could have done a little bit better. Oh, could have done this, could have done that. Like we didn't have to do this this other shoot on a early Sunday morning. We didn't have to do that. But we would have gone to the Black Friday campaign and thought, ugh, I wish we did it. So, so get this, guys. So we are dropping Black Friday on the 27th of November. And our plan for Black Friday was instead of just putting old stock on sale, we are actually bringing some incredible styles back for Black Friday. So we shot a campaign for it, um, you know, which was a lot of work. And then I got halfway through the campaign and I looked at the model in the new in the product that we were releasing, and I said to Toes like, we we won't do any justice if we don't reshoot the product imagery, uh, the product for the imagery on the website as well. So that's the reason we had to quickly squeeze the um, mm. campaign shoot in, or the product shot in for Sunday. So anyway, I think in summary, like our thoughts is just if you guys have something you want to achieve, you just have to commit. It just is what it is. Anyway, uh, that was completely off topic. So <laughs> what are we talking about today, my love? Um, well, I have a couple of questions. The, one of the questions that we got asked a lot was about Christmas gifts because Christmas is coming up. I'm so freaking excited. Yesterday, I started making or editing my Christmas playlist and people have been asking me to share it. So I will. Oh, my God. Dave, put a hand on the table. Oh, my God. That's oh, cute. I, mean, that's I need so to take a photo. Take a photo. Don't get me in it. I look like a thumb. No, you have a beautiful thumb. Um, oh, oh, my God. God she's this literally... is so cute. Day's podcasting right now. If you guys can hear, like, bits of licking, that's just Day because she's always trying to give me kisses. It's the most sweet thing. Um, so Christmas, Christmas is around the corner. It is the... 15th now I think um, of November okay Christmas isn't really around the corner that's quite a little while away but I've started my Christmas playlist I love Christmas so much I was listening to the Christmas playlist with Don yesterday and I was crying because I just fucking love Christmas I am all about Christmas we want the tree up soon we've bought the tree we're ready to roll well, we've got two trees we've got one for the office one for work one for home um, but people are asking what do they buy their partners for Christmas and that's tough it's girls that have been writing in and saying what should I buy my partner what do I buy guys so over to you guy and (laughs) what do you want for christmas what should girls all budgets what should girls buy their boys budgets Mm -hmm. gosh it's really tough um look i think what you shouldn't buy a partner for christmas Hmm. is a photographed picture oh why well there's the first thing that came to mind because you know guys aren't as sentimental as girls Mm. in that sort of yeah. Sounds of thing. I remember re- once receiving. Have a, I ever bought no, you? The, okay. No, you've given me cool. You you always nail it though. Um, but like, guy, like I would avoid sentimental things for okay. guys. Okay. It's interesting. An inter- it's an interesting concept. But like, you know, a guy wants something he can use. Yeah. Uh, or something he can eat. Um, mm-hmm. or something he can wear. I'm difficult when it comes to 
buying for because I'm so particular in the things that I want. So I would probably show till what shoes yeah. I want or what Yeezys I want. Or That's why I nail it because he tells me exactly. <laughs> he sends me the link. Um, yeah, my the first the first thought that comes to mind is I feel like shoes. A voice and you, I don't think a guy any guy is going to reject a pair of shoes. Yeah. Um, I would definitely try and suss out what shoes And it's good because like, there's a pair of kicks in every budget as well. Oh, you can yeah. easily get a nice pair of shoes for $150. Yeah. Uh, if he likes undies, like I'm never mm. against Kelvins. Mm. Uh, I actually quite appreciate every year if I get a pair of Kelvins or a box set of Kelvins from someone because mm. that's what I wear. Noted, taking notes. So, so pretty much if it's if it's in a small budget, if it's stuff like socks that he continuously wears the same brand of. Uh, we know a brand that does some really cool socks. Uh, I, Vito, I mean, available a lot of guys are loving Vito socks at the moment. <laughs> um, if you see, if he's wearing something often, restock him on that. Mm. Um, I know I love an expensive bottle of scotch every now and then. I've only ever gotten it once, but. You haven't opened it yet. I mean, I'm collecting, <laughs> so that's exciting. Colognes, if a guy likes a cologne. Do you not restock. think that's like just redone or is it never? If it's a guy like me that likes the same thing, because guys yeah. don't, also don't like variety. Like I know my grandfather used the same cologne brood for like 50 years. Mm. So it's, you know, you restock on those little yeah, things. Yeah, true. Um, when I, when, I think when a man is old enough to buy his own stuff of everything, I don't think he can surprise him with anything spectacular. So I, I'm, I'm a fan of restock. Yeah, he'll have a good restock. A good, a good restock. What about girls? Uh, I'm just going to take some notes. <laughs> the, the budget thing is, is challenging when it comes to girls. I feel like perfume is always such a safe bet. I love the idea of, uh, I love, like, if I buy a perfume, I want Don to smell it and approve of it too because, like, I want, Don obviously is around me the most out of everybody, so I want him to think that I smell absolutely delicious. So I think a perfume, like, that's quite romantic. Like, a guy... I like that. A man choosing a perfume for his girl. A new one or a restock? I prefer new. I like new ones. I feel like I would buy my own restock. If I run out of something, I'll buy my own. I like the idea. I think that's quite romantic of the man choosing a woman a perfume. Yeah, you see, I think for that's a guy, nice. see, for a guy, it's different because I don't want, I like my, uh, one smell, mm. one unique smell. I'll probably wear the same one forever. Dior Sauvage. Yeah. Guys, oh, by the way, girls, like that is that, a, everyone knows. I shout that from the rooftops in Girl Gang. That that is a winner. I really <laughs> yeah. wish I was sponsored by Dior. Um, oh, me too. I want those <laughs> Dior cons. <laughs> Which ones? <laughs> uh, I, I, it's just such an open-ended question. So, I, so no, I need to give this back to you because it's girls that are asking. So, colognes are top ups, socks, undies. That's really basic, though. Do you like experiences? You don't like experiences. I don't. I don't like an experience because I, I want to be in control of the partner, experience. If your partner loves, like, if he's like a daredevil or loves like an adrenaline junkie, then an experience is a good gift, I guess. No, it's not I, for me. No, I don't want an I experience. Feel like he wants to be in control of his experience. Like he mm. want to book the skydiving. He'd want to. But some people sometimes they don't have the money to book a skydiving. It has to be a gift, you know. Maybe if he said, "Oh, I love to skydive," then you can pick up all little things like that. Okay. You know. Yep. Yep. Oh, it's it's really really Jeez. tough. I mean, look, you, yeah, I, I guess it depends on the guys. Like, I know my dad loves just some polo t-shirts because yeah, like that's and my dad too would probably are probably going to get global some of that. Just pop into like my era DJs and get him a couple. That's good for a dad. It's good for a dad. I mean, you can't go wrong. I know Globes likes a nice pair of shorts as well. My he dad also likes gym sneakers. Dads don't shop. 
Dad's don't shop. Dad's don't yeah. shop. For so themselves, yeah. If your dad's clothes are getting tacky, I think you can just buy him clothes. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't have a choice. Dad's love that. But I think like, if you go to your partner, your, partner. your mm-hmm. partner's a bit different. I think you can't go wrong with a restock of a cologne. I feel like... I feel like little things as well though, right? Like Don has just started wearing like an earring, a, a cross earring, and it's a cheap one that he wears. So like I could buy him a, a better, you know better quality version of that earring you can just like look at them right like suss out what it is that you think that they would like if they have been wearing like a particular watch it looks a bit tidy refresh refresh restock nothing i love i love a classic casio no 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 i like honestly i wasn't that wasn't a thing your watch is great i'm not buying your watch i'm not kind of bought a rolex um i feel like caps are cool like yeah it really is just you gotta suss out what you're Don't even think it for guys. I think that's that's the difference. Guys are very very basic. Mm. Uh, listen to like I think till spot on if it's an experience they've been mm. mentioning, like skydiving or snorkeling or something like that. You can pick up on that and maybe execute that. But you know the top ups. Um, I, I still go back to restocks. Um, if they love drinking whiskey, you can get like there's like nice whiskey set glasses. If I'm quite good at presents actually. If you Why are you asking me? If you know, if they like to groom their beard and they don't, they use like a shitty razor or whatever, you can buy them like a set. Or you, like there's stuff like that I feel like, but it really just just does depend on the particular I know man. my uh, shout out to Susan. I love you very much, mother, but uh, I know one year we were struggling and and you know, the fam mom didn't have a lot of money for presents, so she bought me a plastic candle with a battery-operated op- plastic candle. But I, I think it was more so as a joke. She actually said it was a joke, but I was quite disappointed with that, to be honest. Don't like I wouldn't do that. What's your point here? Don't buy. Don't buy plastic. Don't buy plastic candles. No, but if you don't have <laughs> money, like what? What can you do? Chocolates. You can never go wrong with chocolates. Yeah, like a little st- little stocking stuffer. But just no, not plastic candle. Not a plastic candle. <laughs> I just think it's about thinking about the person. Like you don't want to just go and like buy something completely random. Like you can always ask, obviously, like what should I get my partner? But you still have to make sure it fits your partner. I mean, a plastic candle probably isn't Don's vibe. No, I think she really was just trying to take the piss that year. But mum does buy some strange gifts though. Some strange joking. No, she does. That's the thing. She loves the joke. She loves like she loves the, the joke the that no one gets. Yeah, <laughs> she likes the nice presents. And then she does look after. Us. She gives you the jokes first. What she gave us a pillowcase last year. Yeah, for like a baby pillow, but it was like it had a dolphin <laughs> on it. Something. I think what my mum loves a very full Christmas tree, like a yeah. massive, massive Christmas tree. Like she wants us to arrive at the house. And like just have can't get in the door. Presents, that many presents, presents for everywhere. But it's all like little bits and pieces, like one dollar, two dollar presents. And I'm like, oh, save the money and just buy one Savage restock. <laughs> but there <laughs> are, I mean, like yeah, cute things. Like I bought, I remember I bought you that like Kanye candle, like humble with a little bit of Kanye. That's the candle. Yeah, that was forty dollars. Like that's cute. Like that's Loved forty it. bucks, fifty bucks. Still, that's, I still have the little jar. Yeah, today. it's just you know things like that. I think you really have to when you're buying a gift for someone. You should know already. I think if you're in a space where you're going to be gifting someone, you should know them pretty well, where you know what kind of stuff they like. But really think about it. I feel like I love gift giving. I really love it. Um, 
and I feel like you should really think about it. But it should be everything. It should be the gift, the wrapping, the presentation, like the whole thing, the whole experience. It is really a gift. is about the experience. Christmas yeah. is a bit of a different one. It's 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 less personal than a birthday, I'd say. It, I think I think the experience and l- the little bits and pieces is like what wrap counts. Wrap your present nicely. It should be a little bit thoughtful. Um, but in the same breath, don't overthink it. I go back to restocks, chocolates, restocks. Unless you have a big budget, a Rolex always goes the wrong <laughs> way. Um, that's my summary. I, I mean, God, I, I'm not. I find it difficult to buy other people presents. To you got my gift. Yeah, but I know you very well. Yeah, and you have very particular taste. <laughs> in settings. All right. Smells like paint in here. Can you smell it? Mm. Anyway, a bit weird. Um. Okay. So I posted that. I feel like this is going to be the main topic of the podcast. The I posted the other day, someone asked me and they said, do you need to have capital? How much capital do you need to start a business or do you need to have a lot of money in the bank to start a business or something like that? And my answer was like, I don't know if it was blind. It was like short and sweet. And it was Don was $80,000 in debt when he started Starks. And that's the truth. I got an overwhelming amount of responses asking me to share more about that. And I was like, guys, DM Don. But I've got Don... The famous 80K in debt Don in the <laughs> building. And like, do you want to just like chat about it? Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I only recently since, um, you know, a lot more people have been wanting to do interviews with us and a lot of people have been wanting to write stories about us. And there's been some things floating around uh, the internet about our story that I really sit down and think about my journey. And it's actually quite a crazy one because um, Till's 100% spot on. I was negative. It was actually maybe a little bit more than that, but negative $80,000 in debt the day I decided to start Stacks. And the main reason of, of, because of that, or the main reason of that was because I'd made some very silly, immature decisions. Um, so let me tell you the whole story. So uh, I moved to, it actually started, long, long story short, I worked in retail since the age of 13 uh, for my uncle's sports shop. I was too young to be paid, so they paid me in free product, which I loved because, you know, growing up as a kid in South Africa, getting a free pair of running shoes that cost, you know, $150 was a major deal. Um, So I hustled. I guess it was a bit of child labor, but um, I worked exceptionally hard. Like I built up this crazy reputation in the stores for repacking and cleaning the stock rooms. Um, Eventually, when I was 15, they gave me a job, and then I became – in one of the number one sales men in the company. Um, so from from an early age, I had a, a real appreciation for retail and understanding retail. And when I grew a bit old, I started learning more about fashion and I, I loved sports, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So fast forwarding a few years, um, my uncle moved up and he started working for Nike's head office. So he gave me an opportunity to do an internship with them um, so I got to shadow Nike and that absolutely blew my mind. That set the expectation for what I wanted from my life, for my life, um, for the type of company I wanted to set up, but I didn't really understand like, what the full picture of that looked like. So I just kept on working and fast forward a few years later, we moved to Australia, um, and I got a job at Foot Locker. Best, best experience because I got to learn how to hustle on the streets, like where the coolest people work at the coolest brand. Um, and I worked guys long hours. Uh, I then picked up one or two more jobs at the same time. And I eventually found myself working at a gym and I built a relationship uh, up with the gym owner at that time. 
and um, he gave me an opportunity to open up my little supplement shop in the gym, uh, which went well for about two years. And then the gym uh, pretty much went bankrupt. Um, at the time, uh, I decided that we were trying to build this massive supplement online company. We were going to try and sell so much product, uh, try and compete with like bodybuilding.com, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what I did was I applied for every single credit card I could think of. I got a very big personal bank loan. I think the, the max was 50K. I have no idea why they even gave me that much money from a bank loan um, because I was still working casual jobs at that time with, I think I was only earning something like five or 600 bucks a week. Um, but anyway, we got it. So I pumped all of that into building a website um, through a development agency and the website cost us 21,000. Um, we didn't have any product to load onto the website. And when I tried to load a product, when we finally got some in from our store, we couldn't make one sale. We we ran out of money. It literally breaks my I get tears <laughs> listening to this. Um, at the same time, I was running my little uh, supplement store in the gym, and I was doing quite well um, because I could sell and hustle. But in the same breath, guys, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just buying and selling. I didn't know much about taxes. I didn't know much about uh, retail in that environment. I didn't know much about contracts in setting up a lease contract in um, in all these things. So I pumped all this money into building this imaginary website. Uh, with imaginary product and it got to the point where I, I just ran out of money I, I woke up one day and realized that you know we had capped out the business loans personal loans which was business loan we've capped out the credit cards um and yeah it it was it was so bad that i called the developers up and i was like uh, guys literally we can't continue because there is no more money left um so the famous story behind that is i built a website for twenty thousand dollars and couldn't sell one product um so we stopped the website and i was still trying to sell product and sell product uh in the supplement store and then one day um we arrived at the gym and the landlords seized the facility because the gym owners couldn't pay the rent and that business went into liquidation um, and because I didn't have a contract a, a formal lease agreement they seized all of our stuff as well I couldn't prove that it was my uh, independent business or my product so it was crazy so uh, literally in a matter of a night I woke up the next day and it was $80,000 done gone and then I just decided at the moment I was like you know what fuck it um, we are going to just launch stack so in that period, sorry, I forgot to add and mention, I'd already started doing um, apparel through the store. You know, we created this horrible looking singlet with a hoodie. It was a t-shirt with a hoodie. Um, <laughs> every single person in Canning Vale was wearing a shout out to Canning Vale uh, in Perth. And um, I just I just loved it. The thrill was phenomenal. I was able to put my retail and my you know fashion experience and sports fashion experience into this one little t-shirt and we sold it well. And at that that's when the inspiration to develop everything and, and flip everything into stacks was sort of made. But anyway, so I got it, I got to that one day and uh, got to the gym. It was closed, couldn't get in. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it, it, was a, it was a very devastating experience, but in the same breath, I had no choice. I was like, well, what am I going to do? Um, I had my laptop. I had some T-shirts still in my car. Um, so I pretty much went on to Shopify at that time and built the website 
and decided to rebrand everything and called it Stack. So in 24 hours, I built a website and I started loading product on the website. Um, we then... No, it cost me $80, by the way. Instead of 21000 I had $200 left in my bank um, account, I, I remember that day, and I decided to buy, pay the Shopify. I YouTubed every tutorial you could think of in how to build uh, or, or adjust the themes of Shopify. Um, I watched every YouTube tutorial you could think of to uh, learn how to use Photoshop. Um, and yeah, just through trial and error, I was able to turn around a little website and put my product up. I then messaged everyone on messenger that i knew that had some sort of interest and let them know that i still have product left and we um yeah i was able to flip pretty much everything raise a bit of money through that and that started growing um but there was one there was one moment that i realized where things were really bad was when the arrangement i had with the factory to buy stuff and then pay them after i'd sold it um they lied to me and they said if i paid uh, my bill up to date, I could pick up the next lot of product. Uh, so I did that, empty the bank account just to pay off that bill so I could pick up the next allocation of product because that, that, that's how I was paying off the debt. I was literally just selling product to to catch up and pay the debt whilst I was working, get this, I was, work, I was still working at Foot Locker. I had picked up reception hours at a gym. I was working at a, a server, like a fuel station, like a deli. So I'd start my first shift at 4.30 in the morning. Then I would move to the second shift at 11 o'clock. And then I would uh, do an afternoon session as a coach. I was coaching uh, rugby at a school. And then, um, yeah, so I was at one day, sometimes I was doing about four different jobs, working 16 hours, just to sort of support myself and get by. But then, so... I was about to pick up the product. I had emptied the bank account to pay off this bill. And then they said to me, sorry, John, look, our arrangement's coming to an end. If you want this product, you have to pay for this amount in full. And I think it was something like 6000 or 8000 And by the way, when you don't have money, that's a lot of money. Uh, and I had no option. Like, no bank wanted to borrow me money. No, my family didn't have significant amounts of money. Um... And I was like, well, fuck, what am I doing? I had pre-orders, by the way. Um, people that have pre-ordered without paying at that stage, they would just decide, they'd just commit to the product and we'd make it and then they'd pay for it when I delivered. Um, so, yeah, I then remember calling up friends and I was like, hey, can I please borrow $2,000? Can I, I just need two, three thousand. I was trying to hustle 6000 and then I got some friends down to 2000 um, And I was able to do that. I think three or four friends were able to give me 2k like how embarrassing just thinking back now and i'm like fuck i can't believe i did that but shout out to those guys that helped me out um but one thing i can say is i had paid back every single cent in the time that i said i would um i didn't earn anyone money um i just did what i had to do so that's pretty much how stacks really started um it's funny because when people say how did stacks start we don't really tell them that whole story I mean, it's just such a long personal story. Yeah. It, I mean, even... Like, I'm proud of you, though, that, that you share that because I feel like when we first started, like, talking about um, Starks or talking about our experience and that, like, you would never, like, give figures and never be like, I was over $80,000 in debt. Like, you never would say that. Well, I think But it's now because... it's like you can say it and it's inspiring and people are interested and want to hear. Well, at that stage... You know, you almost feel like not quite not a failure. I, yeah. I always had resilience, and I always knew I was going to figure it out. But most people 
most people wouldn't appreciate um or you you'd think most people would think that you're a failure or at that at the time when you're trying to start a business or a brand like most people don't take it seriously so they think that oh well he's an 80k in debt like you're never going to do anything with it so i just sort of didn't give it any attention um and i was a bit embarrassed because i you know you you put everything out on social you you show your brand you show everything and then you show your best moment you show your best moments and through unfortunate circumstances the first leg of the business didn't work out by the way it's probably the best thing because it taught me so 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 much but i never gave up yeah the university of life um but guys on top of that though like it took me five years to sort of get out of it really um stacks I was building stacks. I was buying and selling product, building the brand, building the brand's equity, you know, the value in the name, the value in the reputation, the experience that people would have with the brand whilst working a full-time job. You know, I got a, I got another full-time job. So for the first five years, I didn't earn a personal cent from the business. Not one, one dollar that could, you know, could allow me to quit my job and grow. So, you know, that's the other part to the whole thing as well is it took me five years. The business was generating a profit, but most of that profit had to go into buying more product by paying off the debt. Um, so it took me about five years to really work through that. Um, yeah, I think that's the the long... Did I miss anything? No, I think... Yeah. I think that's a good story. I think there's a there's a lot of bits and pieces in between. Um, there's a lot of lessons. I think I came along. I know you were working a few jobs when I came along. Yeah, at the very very beginning, and then I just my time was just so split between everything that I just needed to f- sort of find one job and commit to one. So luckily, that one of the jobs I was working for offered me a full time position. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah. Because I was killing I it for along. them as well. Yeah. By the way, like my sales and hustling skills, like. We're really, really good. So I took one full-time job and then, um, yeah, you, you came along in life just before then. Mm. Uh, yeah. Wow. How's that for a I think it's good. And I past? think there's a lot of, I mean, I know that Don has experienced a lot of like adversities when it comes to business and I think he'll be able to share a lot of detail on them because you feel more confident as well just sharing that stuff now that we're like kind of kind of on the other side of it I know that there's going to definitely be more adversities forever because that's what happens in life it's a level it's a video game and you have to this is like my most used quote but you have to like to get to the next level you have to like beat the baddie or go through that challenge and then you get to the next level so there's always going to be the challenges there's going to be lots of baddies they're usually dressed as good is at the start and then at the end of the level you realize um but i think that yeah there'll be a lot of kind of life lessons and experiences that you can share on this podcast. that's just that's just a principle of of life like i think the most important lesson i took away from that in a, it only um set in probably two years ago that you know I, I read a lot of books um on how to become financially intelligent um at the time when i was in such a lot of debt I thought that I had done so much wrong. I thought it was all my fault. I thought that I was a failure. I thought that I could understand. My family was never born rich. Um, I I really didn't feel like, you know, it was going to, I always knew it was going to work out, but I thought that I had done something wrong when I was in such a big amount of debt. But I realized it literally just came down to the fact that I was trying new things. I gave it a go. I realized it wasn't my fault it was just a circumstance of life it was the reality of running your own business 
everyone is going to face that at some point. But what I'm proud of now is that we overcame it. I never, ever gave up. I never lost track of my vision. I think milestones and goals change along the way. But the vision of what I wanted to create from the beginning has never changed. How was your mental health during all of that? It, it was, I don't know if bipolar is the right word, but there were, there were two, there were two um, parallel experiences I had. One was uh, a relentless effort to not give up. But at the same time, the days where I just literally struggled to get out of bed because I was just that depressed. Um, I wasn't depressed to the point where I was like suicidal or where it was just, it was just more of like a disappointment in life. It's like I had worked so freaking hard to build my little, for the first sake of the business. And it just didn't work out. And then you wake up and you're like 80K in debt and you're like, how does this happen? Like, what did I do wrong? Who did I piss off? Like, what bad karma is this? And then you can't figure out what you did wrong. Um, and that depresses you. Like, it's, it was a struggle. I remember like literally waking up in the day, forcing myself to get out of bed and go to work. This one day, I just, it, I can still remember the thought. And I was like, no, you just, you don't have a choice. You just, my, my strategy to get through that was literally just saying to myself, just get through today. And we'll try again tomorrow. And I knew that you would overcome that um, because that's just the principle of life. You just have to keep pushing and keep pushing. So one side of me was depressed. The other side was resilient to, to it and determined to overcome it. And I think that's the key. I think some people can go one or the other. I think we all suffer with mental health. I think we all suffer with some elements of depression um, I think we all suffer with failure because we all are going to fail at something um, or think we're going to fail at something. But that, that's the other, that's one of my other belief systems, actually. Sorry, just to contradict, uh, contradict myself. I don't believe in failure. I don't accept failure. I don't accept that things won't work out. It's just not the end yet. It's just not the end. Mm. So well, you I and think, I are both like that, I think. 100%. That's why we work so well together. Yeah. That's why we don't give up. That's why, we, that's why we're working on a Sunday. We, well, I was going to say, just like how you said before, when you said that you just had to do it you just had to get through it i feel like that i know it's a, a little bit of a different comparison we're recording a podcast you were depressed um i think it's uh, like even today getting the shit getting the job done you just have to do it like that at the same at the end of the day no matter what scale it's on it you've still got to have that same mindset get through it you have to that that's 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 the only choice you have yeah. if you want the things you want yeah I want a successful company. Mm -hmm. I want to be a recognized designer. Mm -hmm. I want to create a lifestyle for myself and my family with you. Mm -hmm. These are the things I want. So I have to do the things that accompany that vision. Yeah. You can decide you can if it's not for it. you. Yeah. And you just, you work out who it is that you want to be, what type of life you want to live, and then you do the things to, to get it. You know, it's funny because like, I don't for a second think that the people around me didn't believe that I'd do it. I, I just feel like they didn't necessarily support it as much as people could. People didn't get what I was trying to do. throughout, the, And that's the other thing as well. Like there are a lot of people that didn't take my dream seriously, uh, you know, even close family, but that didn't throw me off mm. because at the end of the day, it's you, it's you and yourself to get yourself through these things. Through life in general. 100%. But yeah, I think determination is the key and being super clear on what you want and understanding yourself. I understand, I understand. I know myself well. I know that I won't give up on something. If someone tells me I can't do something, I'm literally like... That's one of my favorite things about you is that you will just get it done. 
you just get shit done. No matter what it takes, it'll be done. If someone, if someone, thank you, baby. I love that. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for saying that. If someone, if I pitch an idea to someone and they shut it down, like in my mind, I'm literally saying, fuck you. I'm going to show you. Well, I, it's like if someone says no, you're just asking the wrong person. Yeah, that's true. That's, yeah. We, I read that or Christiana said it actually. And then I said to John, I was like, that's us. Like, I feel like that is why in life we, it doesn't necessarily mean if someone says no, you go to someone else in that same company. Like, that's not what it means. It just means you're asking the wrong person. Find someone else that you can work with to do it. If someone says no to your idea, just ask another person. You don't, it doesn't like, yeah. If someone says no, you're asking the wrong person. You just have to, if you can see it in your mind, mm-hmm. if you can see something in your mind, and you're asking people to help you and they, they, are shutting it down or they're saying no they literally just can't see what you're doing keep working until you find the people that can support your vision and a lot of the time i think the opinions of others are completely irrelevant and i think if you have to ask other people for their opinion before you make a decision unless it's like your partner and it's also going to affect them but the thing is at the end of the day you don't need the opinions and the approval of other people. If you want to do something and you can see it happening, then go and do it and find someone who will believe in you and follow your dream with you, which is I think what Don has found in me and that's why we're doing all right, is because we're not interested in the opinions of other people. It's not their life. We're here. We're doing what we think is going to work. We're working really fucking hard and we're starting to see the results of it now. We're just doing the best we can. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like the – the beautiful thing about the story is that, guys, I am very happy with my life. Mm-hmm. I have, I've always been happy with my life. I've just had things that well, I... Well, you have been. Even when I met you, I when I met you, I thought you were fucking balling. <laughs> I had no clue. Don used to call his brother his PA. And it used to, in his warehouse, which was his mum's spare room. Like, I just, he, the way he, he believed it already. That's the... Don had this energy and he just completely believed that he was going to be successful and he is successful already and he's just going to put that out to the world and I truly believe that is one of the reasons he is so successful now is because even when he wasn't successful, even when he was struggling in his mind, he knew who it was he wanted to be and he channeled that from day dot and everyone believed it. I believed it. I just met him. I started dating him. I thought he was running this massive, oh, I haven't heard of Stacks. It's so weird that I haven't heard of Stacks because it must be a huge successful business. And I really do think that that has so much to do with like who you are today because you've been who you are today from day dot. It, it's just you, everyone else can now see it as well. And yeah, I just think it's like, I'm so fucking proud of you. I really am. Oh, baby, I'm thank you cry. so much. I mean, it's, no, honestly, it's fucking incredible. It's so inspiring. Oh, <laughs> um, wow, this is a bit emotional. Um, I think, I think in summary, guys, I think I'm not sure if, if when people ask that question and how did we get from 80k into you know a, a multiple seven figure business now um, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of strategies in business that you can take and and you can learn and work on but I think the absolute summary is resilience and determination if you have if you have a dream and a vision and a product you just have to go but here's here's the key here's the pinnacle pinnacle thought that we all have to accept is it takes time mm-hmm. play the long game forget becoming successful no overnight. there are no shortcuts there's no, no such easy way to success. become rich the more money you make the more bills you'll have the more taxes you pay the more people you pay mm-hmm. you don't like the the rich overnight success stories don't exist in my opinion i haven't come across one 
I think there's like a moment. There's a lot of times I think a moment in which then out the outsiders will look at a business or look at some sort of success and be like they were an overnight success because that's the moment it they were recognized by the public but that moment took will it took years it took a lot of time in the making it wasn't an overnight success for the company like I think to outsiders it does look like sometimes there can be an overnight success because that's the overnight moment when everyone else saw it but it takes a, a hell of a lot of work in the background <laughs> I think we we keep in these comments everyone we we keep in comments where people say wow what an overnight success you guys have really blown, <laughs> you guys up. Have I'm blown like, up I'm like yeah but you don't know how long it's been. You don't realize. There's a quote what... about pregnancy. It's like everyone says congratulations, but they have no no idea how many times you were fucked. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I mean, here's another part of the story as well. Like, you know, throughout the process, my credit rating took a knock because I remember that's in lesson you have to tell people. That that's another podcast. That's another lesson. But I'll okay. just touch. I'll touch on it here. Every time you apply for a credit card, and every time you apply for a loan, you go through what's called a credit inquiry. We are all rated in your credit system with a credit score. And every time you make an application, whether it's a simple online application for a credit card, which is so easy to do, like two minutes, um, a lot of the credit card companies would say, get an application in under 60 seconds. Every time you do that, you're knocked with a credit inquiry. And that's going to determine your overall lending ability from a bank. I remember that I got to the point where I needed to get to China. And again, at that at that point, I was still in the negative. I was probably still close to negative eighty k in debt. Maybe paid one or two thousand back. But I needed to get to China. I had no one to borrow me any borrow any money to me or lend money from. And what I did was I pretty much went on to and this was ignorance. This is not knowing. Went online and applied for maybe fifteen credit cards to try and. I, I, this is what I said. To, this is the the silly thing I said to myself in my mind. I was like, well, if I can get seven or eight credit cards, I can afford to go to China, I need 1,000 credit card, 1,000 limit on every one. And then I can, you know, buy the airplane ticket, go to the trade expo and find factories to make our product. So I did that. I got two credit cards and I used that to get me to China. Zero regrets. It was the only way I could do what I needed to do. Have zero, zero, zero regrets in doing that. It was the best thing I could do at the time. But I wish I knew that I needed to find a different way if I could have, because what it did was it got my credit rating really bad um, because I had applied for so many cards. So guys, that's something I'd love to share with people. Don't make unnecessary credit applications. If you can avoid it, try and do it. I remember, um, I'm just I'm just like literally thinking of some stories that's coming to mind about my journey, but I would make contact with successful people I knew. And there was two reasons I would. One, I just wanted to sit with them and learn. I was like, what have you done? Like, how did you make this much money? I remember going into a property developer's office one day. I just walked into his office and I was like, I just need to know what you did. And then he gave me like this two-hour speech about how he, I think he was trying to sell me a property, to be honest. Um, but it was quite an insightful thing. And then I, I sat with people asking for investments and no one wanted to give me an investment for for this business not one person out of all the people I'm, I'm again i look at it and i'm like fuck that was a bit embarrassing but i went and had these coffees with these rich successful business people i was like i just need ten thousand i just need five thousand no one gave me money so i did it all on the back of bootstrap and like buy and sell buy and sell buy and sell over time um but yeah <laughs> i just remember getting to china and i was like wow actually made it happen um yeah so that, that's a bit of a summary i don't think there's i don't think there's a secret 
um, to how you go from negative 80,000 into the positives. Um, I think it's just hard work and determination, but also being intelligent um, about your business strategy and your vision. Um, if you're in a point where you're in negative 80, you need to stop. You, yeah. need, you need you need to getting getting to negative eighty is just a bad bad decision. Um, you know, if you need to take obviously it a, we're not talking about like on a mortgage or something no like way. that. It's just that's talking just, about a personal loan. That's terrible debt. That's bad. Yeah. That's the worst bad kind debt. of debt. Yeah, you can't borrow it against anything. Um, I'll give. I'll, we'll do a podcast one day when I talk about finances and I'll teach you guys the lessons I've learned about understanding how to use debt to your advantage. But if you're if you're just taking out credit cards and loans to fuel your business, but you're not making money, yeah, you there's need good to debt stop. And there's bad debt. Yeah, that's a podcast. That's a we'll do yeah. we'll do the good good debt bad debt podcast um, soon. You need to stop, and you need to reevaluate what you're doing because you you don't want to get into a hole you can't call yourself out of. Like there was so many so many moments in my journey where I just thought I just. I just like how am I going to do it? I never said to myself I can't do it. I just would sit there with a blank in my mind for like a second, like how am I going to do it? And then I devise a plan to do it. Like literally call up some people and sell some hoodies. But you need to stop, and you need to make sure your business is going to be successful. Mm. And you you might pitch it to people, and they might say to you it's not. But if you can see clear light at the end of the tunnel for your business and your brand or your dream then I believe it's going to work out for you because that's just my reference. That's my experience. But guys, anyway. Uh, that is a summary. Um, I hope that if you've listened to it, you can take something from it. I don't think I've ever spoken about it in such depth to anyone before. Um, but I hope it has some value in your life. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, if you love it, share it. Um, and we'll catch up with you next time. Thanks for listening, guys.